What is up, ladies and gentle nerds? It's your boy, Graham, also known as HamHawks42 on the internet, and today we are looking at another random magic card. Except, wait a minute. This card actually isn't random. You'll notice it's already here. Um, this actually was a request from somebody in my Twitch chat, and I have to beg their pardon. I'm afraid I don't recall exactly who tossed the, uh, tossed the recommendation or the request out there. So please check me on that. I will be more than happy to shout you out in a later video. Thank you so much for the, the request. Um, so what they wanted to see was expropriate. And specifically because um, as one of the... It's funny, my growth as a player in Magic has um, has come a very long way. When I was first getting started, like the first time I saw what a counterspell could do, I thought it was just the coolest thing ever, and I needed to control all, all of the things that were going on on the board. And I quickly became the the you know the, the like the mono blue control player in my group, and it was fun to us to to a point. Um, the thing that I found really interesting was not actually countering my opponent's spells. The thing that I really enjoyed was that little rush that I would get when I had the mana open and I had the card in hand and whatever they played just wasn't threatening enough and I could just say, no, it's okay. And the feeling that I got when one of my opponents looked at me, you know, they cast a spell and then looked up at me and just asked, does that resolve? It's like, oh, they have to ask me for permission to play the game. This feels nice. And there was that little rush of power that, uh, that I felt it would, it would be to the point where I would hold basic lands in my hand just so that I had, like, extra cards and just, like, you know, so I could bluff the, the counter. Like, no, nah, resolves. It's okay. I'll, I'll allow it. Um, but, and, and that was fun when I was around a table with some friends who I had that kind of, like, brotherly um, jab-for-jab relationship with. Like, that was kind of enjoyable. But I got to say, my feeling on... Um, the game has shifted dramatically, and my feeling on control, especially given the current control that we see in Standard, um, is that it's really unpleasant, and I'm not enjoying it very much. And so now I, I kind of look back at my younger self, and I'm like, really, dude? What was wrong with you? Like, why don't you just let people play the game? Um, and so I, I've kind of spoken out against a lot of control nowadays, because it's just not fun. Um, and so somebody mentioned expropriate in my chat thinking that it would uh, get me angry, um, which is fair because it's the kind of card that is very, very powerful and it's the kind of thing that I don't really like because it's basically, it costs seven blue-blue and it, the card might as well read you win the game. Um, it, it, that's practically what it what it should read. So here's what it actually is. It's a sorcery. So convert a mana cost to nine, two of which has to be blue, sorcery. It has an ability called, or it has a keyword called Council's Dilemma. And here's what it does. Starting with you, each player votes for time or money. For each time vote, take an extra turn after this one. For each money vote, choose a permanent owned by the voter and gain control of it. Then exile expropriate. Now, fortunately, you do have to exile expropriate, so you, you can't like loop it out of your graveyard and do like weird janky shenanigans that way. However, you can clone it uh, while it's on the stack. So just throwing that out there. Yeah, expropriate is absolutely bananas because at its absolute worst, it's an overpriced blatant thievery. And I don't know if you've noticed, but blatant thievery is pretty darn good. Now, when it costs seven, and you just take a permanent of your choice from each of your opponents. Like, that card is actually really, really good. Like, it's nothing compared to Expropriate, um, because an extra turn is worth way more than a player's best permanent. That's the other thing. If you ever go up against this card, 
never, ever, ever, under almost any circumstances, should you ever say money. I try not to say never or always, just because um, if you say never, you're usually wrong. If you say always, you're always wrong. Yeah, think about that for a second. Um, but those those extremes, that'll get you in trouble. So there may be an, a situation where time is the correct choice. Uh, usually if you have some kind of deal going with the person who cast it, that's usually the only, like, you better be getting something really good too. Because it's really easy to forget how valuable a turn is. Because the caster of this, taking just one extra turn, is you and every one of their other opponents skipping a turn. Effectively, you just completely negated. Like you, it's extra turns are huge. They'll draw extra cards. They get to untap it, and especially if they're late in the game enough to be able to cast expropriate. You better believe there is something huge and painful coming your way the next turn. Um, and you better have a turn yourself in order to respond, because if the next turn that's coming around is coming immediately. Ooh, yeah, you're going to be in for a really, really rough go. So this card is incredibly powerful. It basically says just you win the game, like no matter what your opponents say. Um, and if if you're on the receiving end of this, say money, say money, say money, always say money. Show me the money. You, you, you Yes, just say money. Period. Again, unless... You know, uh, unless the caster is going to be giving you like 50 real world dollars for saying time, don't say time. Unless they will give you the copy of Expropriate that they just cast, which by the way is worth about 50 bucks, um, then it's definitely not worth it. But yeah, and so it's funny. So the, the in Twitch chat, there was kind of this comment, man, I really want to see you just rage out. So talk about Expropriate. And the truth is, I'm not super mad at Expropriate because it's still the, the control play pattern that I don't like is everybody else stop while I play the game. You don't get to play the game because I get to play the game. That is the the environment that I don't like. Expropriate doesn't have that. It doesn't, it, it's not stacks. It doesn't lock your opponent out of the game forever. What it does is cause a huge explosive shift in the power dynamic on the table. And so that's actually kind of interesting. Like, I'm okay with that. that that's the kind of thing that, to be honest, if I'm, you know, if we're throwing around nine mana spells in a commander game, that's the kind of stuff I want to see. Because I love it when huge fireworks go off, and this is the blue version of that. Um, so actually, I'm 100% down for expropriate. I think it's frustrating just how expensive the card has gotten. Because when somebody throws this, they either lucked out and cracked it at some point when they were drafting Conspiracy, or they spent an obscene amount of money for a little strip of cardboard. Um, and that's frustrating. That's, that's actually, you know, that's the issue that I have with expropriate. It's not the card itself. Um, I just don't like the fact that it has become an elite card. Um, yeah, and, and actually commander in general, there's this concept of commander staples. And I feel like the concept of commander staples or, you know, powerhouses in commander goes against the concept of commander. I actually really dislike the idea that you need to have Cyclonic Rift and that you need to have um, a Soul Ring and a Thran Dynamo and a Lightning Greaves in your commander deck. Like, I really, really dislike that. Um, the thing, when I came into commander, the thing that really sparked for me, what really drew me into the format 
was the idea of being able to crack open some of those huge boxes full of janky rares and uncommons and even commons that I had completely forgotten about and just filter through them and just see like what what do I have in here and you know the very first commander deck that I that I built that I absolutely fell in love with the format alongside was a Golgari deck because I had one copy of Savra Queen of the Golgari and she looked cool and her ability looked like the kind of thing you could build a deck around so I did and it was awesome and that deck that I built was just with stuff that I had lying around. Now, I had a lot of great sack engines just lying around. Like, I had Carrion Feeder. I had, I'm trying to remember if I had Antuco Husk in that deck. I think, I don't think I did, actually. Oddly enough, I couldn't find him for whatever reason. But I had Fallen Angel in that deck. I had um, Darkest Hour in that deck, which is just, like, haw, oh, so good. Um, Golgari Germination, like those kinds of things that synergize and are good, but they're not like the best you can do, you know, because like, why was I running Sabra and not Marin? It's like, well, because I had Sabra. I didn't have Marin, but I had Sabra. So I, and I had this huge collection of older cards that didn't have a place because I played a bunch back in Onslaught, back in the OG Ravnica, back in Kamigawa. Do you have any idea how many Kamigawa commons I have just lying around? Do you know what those are worth right now? They aren't worth the space they take up. Like, those things are just straight up worthless. And I have so much of it. There's a red samurai that has one of the worst tribal um one of the absolute worst tribal synergies I think I've ever freaking seen. And I have like eight of him, you know, and he's a rare, like that's, it's, I can't even remember his name. Like, and meanwhile, like here I'm talking about him just because every single time I'm flipping through my cars, I see him and it's just like, ugh. And there's a little part of me that's just like, man, I need to find a way to actually use this piece of trash. And then there's another part of me that's just like, dude, you don't hate yourself that much. Keep moving. (laughs) So that's the thing about Commander that I love. I love finding the old cards that I happen to have anyway and find a way to build something new and fun with them. That's what I like to do with Commander. And I know a lot of other people look at it and say, oh, here's an opportunity for me to build a very odd machine, but I need to dial it in and do the greatest thing possible, which is why cards like Expropriate are 40, 50, 60 bucks. Um, You know, that's why cards like Demonic Tutor, well, Demonic Tutor is a bad example because that card's amazing no matter what format you're in. But, you know, cards like Soul Ring, it gets reprinted every single year in multiple products that are guaranteed to get you soul rings and it still consistently hovers around four dollars because it is the greatest card at what it does it's the best mana rock that almost any well every deck can run it and almost every deck should run it and therefore it's incredibly expensive and i dislike that i dislike that a lot because it makes the the experience more homogenous and it doesn't tell me about the player. You know, if I sit down across the table from somebody and they pull out a bunch of old school Innistrad cards and they're the original printings, huh? You know, they're not the they're you know, they're not masters reprints or they're not like promo versions. They're just like the original old school or like if somebody throws out a common from like Lorewin or some set that I have basically no experience with, that's going to tell me something like there's a reason that this player has that in their deck and I can ask about it 
you know, I can, you know, there's a story there and I get to connect with the other player as a person. If I'm sitting down at a table and somebody just, you know, throws Mana Crypt into Soul Ring into two Signets and hits an Expropriate on turn two, I know he's got money. That's it. I have learned nothing else about this person. And that's why CEDH, you know, competitive EDH, is way not for me. Um, if people find that fun, God bless them. Go crazy. Enjoy your game. There's zero wrong with that. Not, nothing wrong with CEDH as a format. I'm not going to join those tables because that's not the kind of fun I want to have. I want to have the kind of fun where I get to dig up old cards from my past, create something unique and special with them, and then share those with others. I mean, I recently played a game of Commander with some friends of mine online, and in that game, actually, I played a, I played a deck that I don't have in physical paper, but I've been meaning to build, and it was built around Marchesa, the Black Rose. And I specifically chose that Commander because she leverages plus one, plus one counters in a cool way that synergized really nicely with Arcbound, which was a mechanic from the original Mirrodin block that I absolutely loved. Um, that block, Mirrodin was an amazing block to play kitchen table jank with. If you were just going to sit down and play with your friends, the kind of ridiculous nonsense you could do in Mirrodin was so much fun. And it, it, it was great. I had, it was, it was a huge playground and I absolutely adored it. And so when I saw the synergies of, um, Marchesa the Black Rose and Arcbound creatures. And the way that it works is when Marchesa the Black Rose, um, when she's on the battlefield, whenever a creature that you control dies, if it had a plus one plus one counter on it, at the end of the turn, it comes back into play under your control. And it's supposed to work with Dethrone um, because all of the creatures you get have Dethrone as well, as special thanks to Marchesa. And what it does is, um, what Dethrone means is when you attack the player with the highest life total, that creature that attacked gets a plus one plus one counter. So that's the idea, is you're constantly swinging at the person with the highest life total, you're getting counters, and if they die in combat, okay, that's fine, they just come back. Um, but I wasn't really doing much combat. Instead, I was choosing creatures that came into play with plus one plus one counters on them already. And then when they died, those plus one plus one counters got to move to other creatures. And so I was able to sacrifice stuff, move the counters to other creatures, then the creature would come back in, get more counters. Um, and you know, it allowed for some really cool loops and a really cool interactions. And in the end, I ended up winning that game because um, a friend of mine hit a, oh, well, another, I, I got a synergy down that basically wiped the entire board. And then all my stuff came back, <laughs> you know, but I built the deck to do that. It was something that, it was an interaction that I saw that I thought was really, really cool when I looked at Marchesa the Black Rose for the first time. But that shows my opponent I have a connection to Mirrodin because I've clearly themed my entire deck around it. I mean, heck, I had a version of Eureka actually that was uh, running a whole bunch of artifacts and uh, an affinity because that allows you to have a lot of really high cost cards that you can cast for much less. Um, anyway, but all that is to say, like, there's a story behind that deck. It shows off a part of who I am. And that's one of the things that I really like about it. So if somebody wants to talk to me about that, I can have that conversation. I can tell them that story. And I don't know if you've noticed, I like sharing my magic stories. Um, so just top shelf, balls to the walls, power cards like Expropriate, I feel like they are missing some of the heart, some of the soul that you get when 
you allow the power to be lower, when you allow the games and the decks to flow more naturally with what you're doing already. Um, that's the issue that I have with expropriate. It's not that it's too powerful. It's not that um, it promotes any kind of play pattern that I don't like. It's just the best at what it does. And I have a natural aversion for the cards that are the best at what they do. Um, which maybe is kind of weird and borderline unhealthy. I don't know, but that's the kind of experience I want to have. That's the game I want to play. And um, that's where I'm coming from with this one. So expropriate, there's nothing wrong with it. If it's the kind of game you want to play, have fun. But I don't know. You won't see me playing it anytime soon. Um, but even then, it does what I want. You know, well, okay, how about this? Let me let me phrase it this way. You won't see me play expropriate anytime soon for a couple of reasons. One, budget. But also, um, and if you want to change that, if you could like, review, and subscribe, I would really appreciate it. Um, sorry, saw an opportunity. Had to take it. But um, you won't see me play this anytime soon. But I do have a copy of Blatant Thievery because I cracked it from an Onslaught booster pack um, in the first year when I was playing. And it was a card that always made me happy. Now, Blatant Thievery is the worst case scenario for Expropriate, where you steal a permanent from every player. But I have an original Onslaught printing of Blatant Thievery. And that's something that I appreciate and is something that's unique to me. I also happen to have a copy of Bribery from 8th edition as well, which came out around that same time. Um, and that's another card that I absolutely love and is a complete and total, total powerhouse. So I guess I'm not totally against great cards. It's just, I just want there to be a story. Because if I'm sitting down to an EDH game, I want to have, I want to have a story. I don't want to have, yeah, this deck cost me 200 bucks and look at this cool thing it can do because that's fine i enjoy building cool things i enjoy you know the deck building challenge and i have no problem you know looking at people's commander lists and just saying like oh what kind of things did you see or like what kind of things have you decided to build like those are fun i, I that's a great time i enjoy that but i want to understand i want to know more i want to dive deeper like i want to understand my opponent i want to well the 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 revelation that i've come to on this show um, the revelation I've come to on the show is consistently that I want to have an experience with the other player or other players, and I want to share an experience. I really don't care if I win or lose. Honestly, like most of the commander games I can tell you that I've played in my, in my time with the game, I can tell you really fun moments. I can tell you really cool swings. I can tell you stories from... Um, weird interactions. Like, I can tell you the time that a friend of mine was playing Jaleva, and he stormed off a bunch of infinite turn, or he stormed off, like, three or four extra turn spells all in a row. And after his, like, third or fourth turn, I was tapped out, by the way, and all the other opponents were, had been eliminated. It was just me and him. And he actually, I remember him being, like, frustrated, kind of red in the face, and just asking me, like, dude, do you really want, do you need me to play this out? And I was like, man, I've seen a whole bunch of ways that you can take an extra turn. I haven't seen a way you're going to kill me. So, yes, continue. <laughs> and he ended up beating me. He milled me out, like, violently in that game. But at the same time, like, 
I remember that moment because it was like me and buddy of mine. And he's a very competitive guy too. So that's, I, I feel like that was the kind of thing he'd do for me. So anyway, um, anyway, I thought, so that kind of thing was fun. But, and those are fun moments. And okay, in that situation, the fun moment led directly to him beating me. So I knew, I, I guess I can say who won that one. But um, I don't know. I feel like Commander is the last bastion of the cool story, if that makes sense. Um, that isn't like competitive tournament level. I could be wrong, but that's what I want to see. And expropriate can get you there, but more often than not, it's just, yep, and expropriate resolved. Then we shuffled up and had another game. You know, like, and that's fine. If you're there to win, if, if you're in a, if you're in a commander game to win, this can work. And if you've got, if you've been behind the whole game and you managed to find some really cool way to get an expropriate out of nowhere to come back, that's a story. And that's delightful. I have no problem with those kinds of things. Like top decking and expropriate, that probably feels really good. Um, and so I guess there's nothing wrong with the card itself. Um, there's absolutely nothing wrong with expropriate. It's powerful. It's good. But I don't know. It's just, it is the the epitome of top shelf amazing commander cards. Um, and I guess that comes with some baggage. Anyway, I'm realizing that I'm repeating myself. I'm rambling a little too much. So thank you so much for hanging out. If you're still there, you can catch me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash hamhawks42. Um, you can also find me here, wherever that is for you, whether you're listening to the podcast or you're watching it on YouTube. And I'm also on Twitter at hawks42. So feel free. If you have a request for this show, if there's a particular card you want to see, just shoot me a DM on Twitter um, or pop over to Twitch and uh, and just let me know. I appreciate it, and I will do my best to remember your name. <laughs> All right, thanks so much, guys. I'll catch you next time.